Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey everybody, tonight we're debating whether or not the moon landing was a hoax and we are starting right now with Kyle's opening statement. Thanks so much for being with us, Kyle. The floor is all yours. Fantastic. Good to be here. Let's get this going. Yeah, you're crazy. No, actually, I just said objectively what the study of natural science is, and that's the only thing relevant to this entire discussion because All you're making physics. Because you're making. Hold this natural science. Okay. Natural physical science is the only thing relevant to this conversation because you're making physical claims. We have an agreed upon parameters, we have a verification method. It's called the scientific method in natural physical science. And I've explained objectively what it is. And you've argued about the interpretation, saying that you can never, ever prove a cause. And I'm sure you're under the philosophy that you can never prove anything. Science doesn't prove things. And, right. and that's just a, that's a scapegoat, right. right? It's a scapegoat. What? So, there, oh, so then by, by deduction, there is no can scientific proof of the, the globe topic, model. Please? There's no scientific proof of anything. We can right. all just be in a brain. Wait, can you just answer directly, though? So that would mean by deduction, there's no scientific proof yes, of the globe. Yes, there's no model. scientific proof of anything. Science doesn't prove anything. Okay, yeah, we get it. That's the talking point nowadays because y'all don't have any but, proof. But wait, 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 why do you think that's a scapegoat? Like, could we not be in a brain in the vat? Is that physically like? Can we get something relevant to the topic, please? It's, wait, it's very relevant what? to the topic. This is uh, this brain is in a vat. Like, we're in the matrix. Like, we're, so everything we're seeing is just a delusion of some kind. Like, that's possible, right? So, yeah, science never proves anything. That's a fact. Which is really essential when it comes to the moon. The no, I understand theory the word theory very well. Hypothetical. So I don't want to get clips of theories my old videos. Can be can we get something just like germs can be proven. Yeah, but not all theories can be proven. 
theoretically. So, so, so the only point you're making here is that saying that file. because it's yeah, I don't I don't want to hear clips from my old Hold videos about something relevant yep, to the topic if but possible. To, to be fair, if he is theoretically burning up his own time by doing things that are irrelevant, like I, it's not for me the moderator time, to stop him from setting himself on fire. Like theoretically, if he is currently setting himself on fire, like. I don't want to take your side, Tom, by stopping him from stepping in it. No, so I, I want I him to. to I don't that. want to have to address a whole bunch of things that aren't to, related I have to the debate. Him, Tom, I have to give him the rest of it for his opening. No, no, because this is just strawmanning my position. I don't want to have to list Tom, to address other to things this, I've said out of context. Tom, I, I have to give it to him, even if you want to point out later how he just lit himself on fire by wasting his opening. This is a. All right, go ahead, Kyle. Okay. It's a theory. It is therefore unproven is wrong. Many theories are proven. So you're confused about the word theory. It doesn't mean unproven. And, and many proven and, and many theories can't be proven. So that doesn't mean all theories are provable. Do you see what I'm saying? Say There's all, many theories that can't be. I didn't say all. Here. So I'm not saying, but you're you're trying to err on the side that I'm saying all theories are provable. I'm saying yeah, that it's 50-50. Yeah, I'm saying no. because it's a theory, it's not provable. You know what I mean? That, that's that doesn't part, mean some theories. That's, that's that doesn't the mean some theories aren't too. accurate. I'm saying that doesn't mean that all theories are inaccurate. No, no. The part I'm objecting to is you define the word theory to mean uncertain. That's not what the word theory means. Here's a peer-reviewed journal article written by a teacher of the teachers in the Journal of College Science Teaching, and it says, A gentle reminder that a hypothesis is never proven correct, nor is a theory ever proven to be true. In other words, it is saying science never proves anything. And it goes so far as to say, words like prove, correct, and true should be removed from our vocabulary completely and immediately. And it isn't just an isolated statement, but Forbes magazine over there calls scientific proof a myth. And Scientific American says, if you say science is right, you're wrong. It is very much a mainstream belief these days. So, if you choose to agree with mainstream doctrine, you are going to have to admit that there is no scientific proof that we landed on the moon whatsoever. Yeah, you can claim that you have evidence for the moon landing but you have to acknowledge that it is non-convicting evidence. In all, you're going to have to acknowledge that your belief in the moon landing is nothing more than faith, as in a confidence or trust in NASA and those who partner with them, and that it is a belief that is not based on proof. Yeah, you could say that you have evidence, but that kind of evidence is not the same thing as proof, which is why I refer to it as non-convicting evidence. You could say that this picture is evidence that the moon landing might have happened. But you have to acknowledge that it, along with the other moon footage, might have been staged using practical effects. So long as you claim science never proves anything, all of your arguments will boil down to we should trust NASA because of X, Y, and Z. And if I wanted to play that game, I could represent the opposing view and say we should not trust NASA because of X, Y, and Z. For example, I could point to Cindy Holland, who is a former NASA employee who testifies that we did not go to the moon. I could also point to Mike Helmick, who is another former NASA employee who says the same thing. I could also point to Gus Grissom, who
who I know Alex Stein mentioned to you before. Gus Grissom was the Apollo 1 astronaut who famously hung the lemon on the command module, after which he was killed by being locked inside and burned alive. Kyle. After deep investigation yep. on the matter, Grissom survived. Okay. Do you, do you so remember I, when I, at the beginning when I asked if you, instead of it being a recording of you doing your opening, you do your opening live? I'll, okay, I can What you could do is these... if, you, if you muted your computer, like on the, audio, the uh, YouTube video there, and then spoke through as we want our guests to be doing their opening speeches live, just like the uh, open dialogue. Okay, so I could, I, essentially what I'm saying here is I could, for when it comes to evidence, evidence that the moon landing did not happen, I could point to Gus Grissom, I can point to Cindy Holland and the other NASA whistleblowers. Uh, and then I can also point to, uh, I can point to Kathy O'Brien, Kathy O'Brien, who was a MK Ultra survivor. And Kathy O'Brien said that uh, the MK Ultra experiments both took place at the NASA headquarters and they were conducted by NASA themselves. So that was really convicting evidence for me, but I'm not here to just, you know, say, okay, well, you've got all this evidence that says that the moon landing didn't happen. And I've got all this evidence saying that uh, the moon landing didn't happen. Uh, I'd rather focus on proof, scientific proof. And uh, the question here with T-Jump is whether or not he believes scientific proof actually exists or not. And if he does have scientific proof, I would love to see what kind of scientific proof he has that the moon landing actually happened. Now, when it comes to scientific proof, um, I've, I would like to point out uh, the vacuum chamber. One of my favorite instances is what happens to a balloon in a vacuum chamber. That balloon expands, and if it, if uh, yeah, in this instance, it's filling up the entire thing. But when we put it into uh, a tin can, like a soda can, that soda can is going to expand as well until it explodes, as you can see there. So when it comes to soda cans and vacuums, I have to point out the I have to point out the lunar lander and what that's made out of, okay? And just how thick the lunar lander was, which is comparable to a soda can. The lunar lander has got a very thin wall. That yeah. And so that lunar lander is going to pop up like this, right? It should explode in the vacuum of space under that kind of pressure. And we also have the, the astronaut suits themselves, which would expand until they explode. Why are the lunar landers, or sorry, why are the astronaut suits themselves so thick when the lunar, when the lunar lander has such a thin skin? So there's a huge difference right there. Uh, so, here we have them moving their hands up and down, right? And so when you put like a vacuum, just put like seven pounds of pressure in a, in a sorry, it's not in a vacuum, but if you put seven pounds of pressure just in a basketball, that thing is pretty firm, right? And so this is like quite a bit more than seven pounds of pressure on a, on a astronaut suit. You shouldn't even be able to put your arms down in that. So here I have um, the instance of the 
astronaut in the vacuum chamber. Am I okay to let this guy speak for himself here? Sure. Okay. His experience being one. As I stumble backwards, I could feel the slime on my tongue starting to bubble. Just before I went unconscious. And that's kind of the last thing I remember. Uh, essentially, he had no pressure on the outside of his body, and that's a very unusual case to get, and there's very little in the medical literature as to what happens when you have that. There's a lot of conjecture, you know, that your fluids will boil. Within 25 seconds, a co-worker, sitting in a partially pressurized antechamber and wearing an oxygen mask, was able to dash in. Just the speed at which they were able to get right. some... <laughs> okay, so... Yeah, just the speed at which they were able to get someone in there was really fast. Like, yeah, really, really fast. And that tells you that it wasn't even that strong of a vacuum yet. Rised it in just over a minute. That's much, much. So I've, I've gone and talked to actual people who professionally work with vacuum chambers, and it takes them hours, like 12 hours, to get a, a vacuum chamber all the way up to pressure. And uh, and then to decompress it, yeah, it, it takes a, quite a while. And much faster than you would ever come down in an airplane. It would uh, really hurt your ears if you did that. Not so. You also have to worry about things like uh, the bends when you do scuba diving. That's a decompression sickness that is that definitely can kill people. And so when his suit suddenly loses pressure because it popped uh, under the kind of pressure. Yeah. When they bump in, when they jump in there, uh, if it goes really fast, yeah, that person could die from uh, oxidization of the blood to mention. You have to. Okay. So. Which can. Miraculously LeBlanc had already regained consciousness. When I stood up in the chamber, I felt fine. My ears ached a little bit uh, from, the, of course, the rapid repressurization. And uh, that's basically the only effect I had. You know, it was one of the few instances where anybody was ever exposed to that low of a pressure and lived to tell about it with no obvious damage. Which was only possible because it wasn't as extreme as lunar conditions. <laughs> so, yeah. It wasn't as extreme as lunar conditions. And now we're, I'm just kind of pointing out the different layers in the of that astronaut suit. You're coming again, up on 12 minutes, the, just so you know. So I want to oh, encourage shoot, you I'm to a, keep I'm Some parts of report. Okay, sorry. There's interruptions there that kind of uh, took my time away. But okay, I'm, I'm all good. The, the astronaut suit had a whole bunch of layers to it. And the lunar lander itself did not. It was really, really thin. As thin as a, a few sheets of... Aluminum foil. That's my point. You got it. Thank you very much for that opening statement, Kyle. And we're going to kick it over to T-Jump for his opening as well. But before we do, I want to say, folks, if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, want to let you know we are a neutral platform hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. I'm your host, James. We hope you feel welcome. No matter what walk of life you're from, whether you think the moon landing is the real deal or a hoax, we're glad that you're here. And if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button as we have many more juicy debates coming up. For example, at the bottom right of your screen, we're absolutely thrilled about this one. 
Daniel Hakikachu and Mike Jones from Inspiring Philosophy have agreed have agreed to debate. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a great one. So, like I said, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button for juicy debates like that one at the bottom right of your screen. With that, thanks very much, Tom. The floor is all yours. The what the all right I don't know how to share screen on this share screen mm. is that it In the meantime, I want to remind you folks, a couple of quick housekeeping things. Our guests are both linked in the description box, as well as, this is a big one, folks. We're excited about it. At the bottom right of your screen, we showed you that upcoming debate between Daniel and Mike Jones at Inspiring Philosophy. But also, want to let you know, got it all loaded up? Ready? You got it. Floor is all yours. Can you hear it? No. We can't no? hear the video. All right. Exit. Stop share. Share screen. Share sound. All right. Try it now. That's one small thing for man. Can you hear it now? Yep. All right. One Neil Armstrong became the first human to set foot on the lunar surface. The world discovered this monochrome landscape through the footsteps left by Armstrong and Aldrin. Beyond the technical and political success represented by Apollo 11's mission, it was an opportunity for the astronauts to gather samples and install devices for scientific measurements. In particular, they deployed a reflective panel no larger than a suitcase. Fifty years later, it's among the instruments that continue to supply the scientific community with data. Return to Earth, and more precisely to the south of France. This plateau is home to the Calerne Observatory. Among the instruments directed towards space, one telescope in particular is studying the lunar surface, and has been for nearly half a century. With a 1.5-metre diameter mirror, this telescope is equipped with a laser which enables it to measure the distance between the Earth and the Moon with great precision. Every day, scientists from the observatory calculate the trajectories needed to find the reflectors left on the surface by the various Apollo missions. Over the years, the study has benefited greatly from technological advancements. Fifty years ago, measurements of this distance taken by laser were accurate to within about a meter. Thanks to the evolution of technology that followed, our measurements today are precise to within a few millimeters, with an exactitude on the order of a centimeter. This exactitude is a little less than we'd like, due to misreadings caused by atmospheric interference. We have a lot of studies currently centered on the impact of the atmosphere on our lasers in order to compensate for these perturbations. On this June evening, Moonrise is predicted at around 11 p.m. After calibrating the various instruments that ensure the stability of this extremely powerful laser, 
the operating team will need to reorient it towards the moon to begin collecting data. This laser, visible to the naked eye at night, produces 10 pulses per second. Out of the thousands of photons bombarding the moon, few will return to Earth and be captured by the telescope. A round-trip journey of roughly 800,000 kilometers that takes 2.4 seconds to complete. The observer on Earth must continually and manually correct the telescope's aim. In this way, they'll obtain an echo, a sign that the laser has succeeded in striking one of the reflectors left on the lunar surface. We use five reflectors on the surface of the moon, three of which were deployed by the Americans on Apollo missions, the first being Apollo 11. It's a panel which is 50 centimeters squared and which was equipped with 100 corner cube reflectors. Corner cube reflectors are devices which, unlike regular mirrors, can reflect light back in the direction it came from. When one looks at this kind of object, one will see the center of their own eye reflected back, which is exactly the kind of passive system used on the moon. There are three American reflective panels from Apollo 11, 14, and 15, as well as two Russian rovers, Lunokhod 1 and 2, which were also equipped with this type of system. Measurements collected by this observatory, in conjunction with an international network of observation stations, have improved the database which feeds the research of scientists around the All right, that's all I really need um, right there. So that proves for a fact anybody can go to rent a one of those observatories. Um, there's particularly one I found. It's the uh, Mount Williams Observatory. You can rent it for nights. You can use the laser. You can bounce it off of these five reflectors. And you can find for a fact that there are human devices on the moon that can be provably there that anybody can go find that debunks literally everything he said in five seconds. Done. With that, want to say... Thank you very much to our guests for those openings. We're going to jump into the open conversation, but first, want to let you know, as you can see at the bottom right of your screen, we are currently working toward meeting a thousand followers on TikTok. The reason is that unlocks unlocks us being able to live stream these debates just like this one on TikTok. So if you haven't yet, I just threw that link to our TikTok in the live chat and Surgeon General has also put it. Thanks very much. Appreciate that in the live chat, Surgeon General. That TikTok link for Modern Day Debate is also on our description box. If you want to follow us there, that helps us expand our neutral platform as we want to give everybody their fair shot to make their case on a level playing field here at Modern Day Debate. So thank you very much, gentlemen. The floor is all yours for that open dialogue. Okay, so we've got common ground that science can prove things and that Jacqueline McLaughlin was wrong. So no, I'm science really cannot prove things. Science. You just said that. You just said that was proof, though. Sure, sure. It's proof you're wrong. Science doesn't. Okay, prove so things. you. I can prove okay. you're wrong. Okay, so you can prove I'm wrong, but that's not science. Scientific claim. No, that's just you. You're an idiot. That's all that is. Yes. It's not okay. Now that's just. So that's, that's not science proving things. That's me <laughs> proving you're an idiot. That's all that is. So okay. That is. Yeah, that's that's all you've got. It's just. Fouls. Okay, whatever. No, I proved you wrong. I, I literally provided a scientific experiment anybody can do. You can go rent an observatory to prove that there are reflectors on the moon, which debunks everything you said. And then I called you an idiot. So an ad hominem is when you just say you're an idiot, therefore you're wrong. It's not the I, same I, that, thing. That's uh, it's still, yeah, it's still no, a foul. No, it's not. No, it's, it's not. Do you, have, do you have any evidence? Do you, do you want to do No, it's not. Do you, do you want to respond to the thing that just proved all your worldview wrong? Yeah. It's really, it's really simple. Okay. Like they were able to bounce lasers off the moon before they ever claimed to do that how no, does that compare couldn't. you haven't you claim that never happened 
what do you know? They could not bounce lasers off of five reflectors on the moon in particular directions. They before could bounce they put them lasers there. off the moon before they ever claimed to have reflectors on the moon. No, they could not bounce lasers off of reflectors that reflect back where you pointed okay. from where you, you pointed no, from. Okay, you haven't really provided anything other than NASA says so that there's no no, this is something you can do. You can go rent this and prove it yourself, and people have done this. So that's that's all like right. corroboration from multiple sources that people do in college all the time. So this is you've been debunked, not just NASA says so. This is everybody that says so because because you've been debunked. And the the point here is that those reflectors they reflect light back from where they are sent from, which means you can confirm this from multiple different observatories. Now, if you just flash a laser at the moon, it won't reflect back directly at you. It's going That's to reflect exactly in different what directions. happened back before. Stop the, talking. Stop talking and listen to my words so you know why you're wrong. So when you reflect a laser off of the moon for it to go directly back towards the sensor, you need a device that sends the photons directly back to the sensor. It doesn't just naturally do that. To do that, you need a device like the one shown in the video, which is a man-made device which there's five of them and there's only five locations on the moon where this happens magically for some magical spooky reason. Uh, guess what? That proves we've been to the moon debunked. No. Yeah. Yes. Debunked. Okay. Yep. <laughs> no, just because you say so doesn't make it so. Oh, no, no, this is proven. You can, again, I've gave you the resources you're, to check you're this just yourself. So. You've, you're just saying so. Yes. That you can rent an observatory and do the experiment yourself. Yeah. You, yeah. Anybody can do this. Okay. When you go to the observatory, okay. Do you see any laser actually coming back? Like with your eyes, do you see it coming back? Or do, does an observatory just say- You don't say, need to see things hey, with your what? eyes. You, just hit you, can, you can see it with the computer. You can oh, bring your own computer. Really? A oh, computer oh. can do it, huh? Yes. Yeah. You so, can bring your own computer that you make yourself and say, does it read back sensory data of lasers coming back to the sensor? Yes, you're debunked. Okay, so it's kind of like one of those little pop-up toys. If I push a button, all of a sudden- I've got Big Bird popping up out of the toy. And because that Big Bird's popping up, oh, look, I, I well, if, if you're so dumb movie. and don't know how to make computers, that that's the best you can do, I guess. But if you learn how to do yeah, computers, they just and give sensors, you whatever information they want to. No, yeah. no, you can bring your own equipment, bro. Use your own computer, bro. Uh, yeah. They don't give you any equipment. <laughs> they don't just make things like hack you your can, computer to give you data, bro. Where does the data come from? The they computer. give it to you. No, a no they have a sensor. You can rent the sensor and you can hook it up to your computer to give it data. They, they don't control the sensor. Sounds like you're making stuff up right now. Like, have you ever done this before? Yes. Then, yes, I have. You can do this before. You've got video you footage all the of you time. doing this? You've been debunked, bro. I don't think so. <laughs> yep. You can too. No. I just, I, Mount Wilson Observatory. You can rent the laser. You can rent the device. And you can show the results. Anybody yeah, can. Because debunked, the laser, bro. because the device just gives you numbers and says, hey, look at this. So I can draw a stick well, figure. Well, your of ignorance man. of not knowing how devices work isn't evidence that it doesn't work. Oh, that, okay? That's another red card there, buddy. <laughs> no, no, that's just a fact. If you are too ignorant to know how devices work, that's, that's another that doesn't red mean card they're there, buddy. not, hey, they don't work. Moderator, do we have any kind of penalties for this stuff? The, there's not, that's not an insult. That's just the truth. If you don't that, know, if you're ignorant of how a device that's, works, that's an insult. that is not evidence the device does not work. That's just a fact. Like, what about that sentence did not make sense to you? If you if you are ignorant of how a device works, that does not show the device does not work. Which part of that are you are you objecting to? Um, if you don't know how a device works, that doesn't mean it doesn't work. Yeah, I get that. Correct. There you go. That wasn't hard. We got okay. you there. Pause. Okay. So well, that was your argument. So you debunked your own argument there. I mean, thank you. What was my argument? 
Uh, the fact that you don't know how a device works because they're being controlled by the NASA oh, conspiracy, oh, therefore that, it must be a lie. That's called the straw man because I, I never made no, that, that argument. That was that was literally your argument. You're saying they're giving you the data. You're saying the NASA shields are controlling the device and giving you the that's data even though it's your computer. Yeah, no, you don't know how the device works. Okay. The device gives you data, right? Do you agree on that? Yes. The device okay, receives good. data. And puts it on a screen for you, so you can and gives it to data. your computer. And so if it says, "Okay, well, you do this thing is just right," and then this is going to happen. So it's one of those pop-up toys. Yeah, that's how science works. You do an experiment, you have a result, and then it gives you a consistent result. That's yes, that's science. Science is good. Yes. Okay. So how does any of that destroy my argument about the vacuum blowing a hole in the in the in the uh, lunar lander? Or it wouldn't. You just don't understand how space works. Like the oh. pressure in the lunar lander is less than the pressure in your tire. Like, does the tire explode? No, your car tire is doing just fine with much greater pressure than that of the lunar lander. Problem solved. All right. That right there proves to me if it's really that little of pressure inside the lunar lander, that is proof that it's impossible. It didn't happen. You you put like that much what, pressure what, in a balloon gibberish. and the balloon expands. Yes, because a balloon is made of rubber. Yeah, and guess what? When I when you put a tin can in a vacuum chamber, like a soda can, okay, that's going to expand too. Not Even nearly as much. Metal. No, metal is going to expand. And Very I've little. got video footage of that. Very little. It's enough to blow a hole in the thing. Yeah. No, no, you can design it so it can expand and not blow a hole in it. That's not hard. It's not hard at all. Like I don't even know what you're talking about right now. It's gibberish. Uh, that's because you like, didn't watch it. There's no law of physics that aluminum kind of wandered with pressure off. <laughs> on it will explode. There, there's no law of physics that says that. You can make composites that don't explode. They can hold stronger weights. They don't really need to because it's not really that much pressure. I mean, obviously, like a pop can is not the same kind of aluminum as used in the space station. So obviously, they're not going to have the same tensile strength. Like, do you not know any of those words? Okay, so yeah, you're just saying, oh, well, it's strong enough that we just kind of, a wizard did it. <laughs> a wizard no, did it. No, I'm saying that there are multiple kinds of metal. Not all metal is a pop can. So putting pressure on a pop can and seeing a pop can explode is not evidence that any metal in space would explode. That is a It's going argument. to expand. And that it's, yeah. Expansion does not mean explode. Things can expand when and it, not when explode. It, okay, when it expands and can't contain, when there's, more outward pressure than there is the tensile strength, as you described it, then it's going to explode. Right, which is why we have more tensile strength in the space station than the amount of pressure inside of it, so it doesn't explode. Problem solved. Ta-da! Science magic. <laughs> so, um, why did the the astronaut suits have to be so thick, and yet the lun the walls of the lunar lander, why were they allowed to be so thin? For lots of reasons. What is that? Why is this relevant? Because that right there is kind of a contradictory statement. No, the the spacesuits aren't made of metal, bro. They're made of cloth, bro. Uh huh. What? A, so, and? so cloth is cloth is not as strong as metal. And so, if you want to have the same tensile strength of a piece of cloth as you do a piece of metal, you're probably going to need more cloth. Like what? How is this hard? This is not hard. Okay, it should be expanding. Right? It's got a lot more flexibility. Should be a lot more like that balloon. So we use, again, again, so I think I covered this, the part where you have objects with tensile strength and you put enough tensile strength so it doesn't explode. That's that's the whole solution to yeah, the problem and, here. It's and then like, you get the problem with being able to move your arms up and down, right? No, that's not a problem. Your arms are going to get really stiff. 
No. So like a, a basketball. No, it's, it's not a problem. You put like five pounds of pressure in a basketball and you lose flexibility of the basketball. It's because a basketball has no joints. If you have a joint that can swivel, then you don't have that problem. You can like move your hands and yeah, moving. Yes. Okay. Like your elbows are able to move yes. their elbows to swing yes. a hammer, right? Yes. So none yeah. of that is a problem. Because you said so. No, because it's not a basketball. A basketball is a single piece of object that doesn't have any joints. If you put a joint on a basketball, like suppose you cut a basketball in half, you like put a like a little rollers on it and then glued it back together and then rebound it up, you could twist it. It wouldn't be hard. You just you just twist it. Problem solved. So if you have twisty points, you can have like twisty points on the sides so, and then twist those like the little arms, then twisty points on the fingers, and those can twist too. It's yeah, not hard. Not. Yep, that's, yeah, they've got twisty points on every joint on the astronaut suit, right? And that's how they did it, is kind of Mr. Roboto style on swinging that hammer. Yes, that's how Kevlar works. It's it's flexible. Flexible things can flex. Yes. Yeah, if it's flexible, though, then you've got the flexible basketball. Is what sure, you can have at. a flexible basketball, too. Like, those are easy. Just don't make them out of solid leather. Problem solved. Like, there are flexible basketballs. They're very squishy. Uh, yes, you can squish yeah. them. Yeah, Kevlar is a lot uh less flexible than leather is no yeah no like you you again you your ignorance of how these materials work is not actually evidence here so yes kevlar is actually extremely flexible that's why it's so good against bullets kevlar the way it works is that it flexes to catch the bullet it is meant to be extremely flexible that's yeah. how it stops bullets your ignorance <laughs> of the topic is not evidence yes yeah, I, you can I've, bend I've the kevlar under pressure things but you don't really bend them to like in half or anything like that yes you can bend kevlar exactly like that have you ever held kevlar it's very flexible i i've had bulletproof vests before i was in the guard for eight years good for you then you should know it's flexible it's not that flexible. All you right. Like Before we go, already debunked you on this. I want to say we do have a poll, as we do appreciate you folks having responded to that poll in the live chat. We did want to bring up a couple of topics, as these are topics we asked the audience, what do you most want to hear discussed next? One is, are the moon landing photos forgeries or fakes? No. The vacuum just proves that they are fake. And you've got the testimonials that these things have, like, that's all evidence, right? Do you agree that a testimony well, is evidence? Sure. Like the testimony of the thousands of people who worked on these and the testimony of the dozens of astronauts who said they were there. So if you want to count testimony, I win because I have more of it. Oh, so that you, that's called uh, the appeal. No, to it, no, no. Popular. If you want to count I, testimony, that's ad I have more testimony. That's just your own standard. That's using ad your own popular. standard. No. Okay, I'm just saying it. I'm just defining no. the definition. If you want to define testimony as evidence, I have more astronauts who I, give I'm testimony. Not, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not disagreeing with that. There's no argument there. Okay. I'm, okay. But yeah, that doesn't make it true. Okay. Then saying I not, have more testimony. You're not counting testimony as evidence. It is evidence. But well, then I have all the evidence. Anything. That's why I didn't. That's why I didn't really like lead with that. You have two options here. Either we accept testimony as evidence, in which case I have a whole bunch of experts who have testimony, and you have like a couple deluded people, and I win. Or we don't accept testimony as evidence, and I have actual things that we can verify today, like lasers on the moon, and I win. So either way, I win. You can pick pick whichever okay, one you want to go. There's I'm a difference fine. between convicting evidence and non-convicting evidence. Do you agree? So, sufficient evidence and um, bullcrap. Yes, I agree. Okay, so there is. Convicting evidence and non-convicting evidence. And so if yeah, sufficient I evidence of bullcrap, yes. I, okay. I have the sufficient so, evidence. 
all right, if I were to like put my hand on someone's forehead and it's warm, right? And I could say, oh, okay, their head is warm. Therefore, that's evidence that they might have a fever. But it's not convicting evidence because my hand just could be cold, right? So that's the difference between convicting. Do you and know what convicting. the word sufficient means? Sufficient is, yeah, it's enough to convict, right? Congratulations. You're just repeating the same point we've already agreed upon. Yes, there is a sufficient evidence and there is bullcrap, insufficient evidence. Yes, we, we agree these are two things. I have the sufficient evidence. You sufficient because you have more of it, right? If you want to count personal testimony as evidence towards some kind of sufficient basis, then yes, I have more of that. You have more of it. Yeah. In Saying terms of the actual photos, though, Kyle, I think people would love to hear are the photos, forgeries, more detail on that. Because I think okay. we, we skipped over to like different kind of indirect arguments for them being forgeries in terms right. of addressing the photos more specifically. All right. Well, there are okay, a lot of people like to point out like the high level of detail in the photos. And I just look at the high level of details and say, hey, that can't happen in a vacuum. The vacuum chamber would affect the the gelatin inside the layers of the of the uh, film and the what? The, yeah, it's going to have you not looked at what the film is made out of. You can actually uh, still buy the film today. There's gelatin in the film and that that gelatin is going to get affected by the vacuum. Not to mention you have to worry about cold welding, which is going to affect every part of the camera. And every time those astronauts are falling down directly on the camera and smashing the that camera lens right into the ground, that right there is going to damage the kind of quality you can make. And so you can point out all these great high, you know, really good detailed uh, photos, but those are evidence that the moon landing did not happen because you can't take that good of photos uh, under those kind of conditions. Okay, you've got to yes, you can. Like heat. none of that's hard. Like there are many ways to do that. In fact, um, the, the the gelatin was specifically designed to be in space. So saying that space would affect it just means you're again ignorant of how it works. So yes, it's fine. It works fine in space. No problem. You, totally you, fine. Okay. Um, shh, you can shh, actually shh, buy it today. Shh. I'm not done. I'm not done speaking yet. Shh. shh. Um, secondly, space, the way space works is that there's less interference. And so because there's less interference between the photons of light being bounced off the object and the camera lens would actually be more detailed than, than a photo in the atmosphere. What, what, what gibberish are you talking about? Of course, there's high detailed photos of space. Okay. This doesn't mean that they're fake because you don't understand how the mechanics works. Again, this is a, you don't understand how the machine works. Therefore it's fake. Okay. Those are, those are just, again, your argument. Okay. Okay. You, you don't understand it is an ad hominem. That's an ad hominem. No, yeah. it's a fact. It's, it's a fact. Yes. It's not, it's not an ad hominem. Because you say so. Because you say so. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah, you think the gelatin would be affected by space. It, it's not, that's not how it works. So yeah. obviously you must necessarily be ignorant of how it works. Therefore yeah. you're ignorant of how it works. Uh, that's assuming things. Premise, yeah. premise conclusion. Yeah. yeah. You don't know what I know. And so that's kind of how it goes. But well, I know what you, you just can said. Actually buy you just said you can actually buy the ectochrome film today and you can actually put that ectochrome film into a vacuum chamber and see that it actually gets damaged by the vacuum chamber. It's testable. You can do it yourself, right? Sure, and you it'll work. You can do it yourself. You and can do work. it yourself. Yeah, yes. it's, it's provable. It's yes, provable. And, and it works. And we do it today, and it works. It still yeah, works. You can, the pictures still work. Yeah, and it, you can't take high-quality photos. Yes, you can. In a vacuum chamber. No, you can't. You can do it yes, yourself. Yes, you can. They literally you can do, do this all the time. It gets we damaged. We have vacuum chambers. The, we do this. It gets damaged. 
No, no, it, affects, it doesn't. It I've never seen a photo of yeah. a vacuum chamber be damaged because of the vacuum. Because literally, yeah, they account. You for haven't that. looked into this yet. Yeah. No, no, no. no. I've looked into this it. a lot. They take lots of photos in vacuum chambers. That's one of the things they're commonly used for. They are not degraded by the vacuum. They are. They, they are, are not. I can yeah. I can show you pictures. So, yeah. photos from vacuum chamber. Right. Let's see With here. We got photos from a vacuum chamber. Here, this one's from a nuclear reactor. This one's from a large hadron collider. I'm not seeing any degradation. These are very clear photos. Yeah, I don't think those are taken with ectochrome film, though. Okay. Right. If you take a a, a digital camera and stick it in a vacuum chamber, uh, yeah, it's going to be a little different than putting ectochrome film. Ectochrome films chamber. in a vacuum. Mm, University of Pittsburgh. Oh, shell. These are pretty clear photos. I don't know what gibberish you're talking about. I don't think they're quite as clear as the visor photo. They I, I they look perfectly clear. I see no degradation yeah. in the photo whatsoever. Yeah, there's no degradation of the photo whatsoever. I can't see yeah. what you're talking about. So, okay. yeah, there's no. Yeah, we're, I guess we're just trusting you. Right. It's all fake. Well, you, you can do that again. You can do the experiment it's yourself. This is one that's been commonly repeated again by many universities all the time. This is not a hard yeah. thing to do. With do do film? the machines of the camera that were built for the Apollo mission work in a vacuum? Yes. Yes, they do. Can you build them? Yeah. Yes, you Have can. Have you ever heard can of cold welding before? Yes. Have you ever Have heard what? of cold welding? Cold welding. Cold welding. Yes, I have heard of cold welding. Okay, what about so it? cold welding is going to affect the joints of that how? camera. No? You don't how? think it's going to affect it? No, I said how? how. How? Question mark. How? Well, there's no oxygen in between the two, and so you so. got two layers right right next to each other, and they end up so. getting stuck together because of the cold welding. What cold welding? It's space. Cold welding affects plastics, and it also affects okay. metals. What, and... what cold welding? If I put two objects in space, they don't magically cold weld together because they're in space. Uh, they don't cold weld together in their space. Uh, so you have but just, see, well, just metal on metal. It seems like your argument is any object in space that's metal that's next to another metal object will cold weld together because they're in space. That seems to be that, that can what you're saying happen in space. Yeah. Cause there's no oxidation layer between the two. And because when there's no oxidation layer between the two, they end up sticking together. And that was a big, huge thing with uh, one of the satellite claims that they have is, Oh, they're trying to pull out this umbrella on this satellite. And all of a sudden the umbrella is getting stuck because of the cold welding. And so if it can happen to a satellite, then why couldn't it happen on the moon with the camera and like the shutter and uh, so many other things. And you just look at the camera itself and there's no insulation on that thing to protect it from the heat. And so you got all this radiation. They're already heat. joined together. What is your point here? So like if you take there's two pieces moving of metal, parts, there's moving parts in the camera. That are not the same material. So like the, you, you understand cold welding only works if they're the same material, right? So if you use a different material, problem solved. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But that yeah, there's still joints that are in there of the same material the joints are already connected like if they're already connected they can't reconnect it's like what do you, what do, you do you think like it's just if you have a, a screw that's of a single material it's all just going to turn into a blob in space no it has uh, welding doesn't mean melting that hold it together i never i never claimed that the screw would melt okay so so an object that is connected by a joint that's been welded together already isn't going to cold fuse into a different shape because it's already connected like a screw is already connected right a screw is already connected, yeah. Right. So so it's not going to cold weld if they're already connected. Yeah. Already already connected. There's nothing to... If the screw is going into something of the same material, then it's going to cold weld that material. No, 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 no. I'm not understanding. So, like, a screw is going to maintain its shape in space, right? 
Yeah, that's not an argument. So if you have two objects that are welded together before you go into space, and you're bringing them into space, they're already welded together. They're not going to cold weld into a different shape. They're going to maintain their shape, aren't they? Yeah, they're already together. So why would... Like the yeah. shape of a camera, for example. Like, okay. So there's moving parts within that camera, right? Which are not the same material. So... Problem solved. Solved. Yeah, you'd have to have the visuals for that because what? What? cold welding yeah. only works when you have two metals of the same material so if you have a different material problem solved right so all of the metal in the camera was they used a different kind of metal with each piece in the camera is that your claim sure that would be really easy to do actually you could just like offset use aluminum titanium aluminum titanium aluminum titanium that'd be really easy to do and so you're claiming that they made this special custom camera well, they did make a special custom camera specifically for space. Yes, duh. And they and they tested that out and put that in the vacuum and said, okay, well, yes. we got to make yeah, sure it literally, doesn't That's well. literally what they did with all of their equipment. They built a specially customized thing. This is why it costs so much money. Tested it out in the vacuum chamber to make sure it worked and then brought it to space. That's the order of scientific experiment. They, did it, they tested it, it out in a vacuum chamber. It. Do you have any evidence that, that shows that, that, that a report saying, okay, this – the vacuum cha chamber test for the camera was done on this day before Apollo uh, 11, and uh, this is it. Or are you I just can, making stuff up? Let's, let's check. Vacuum chamber test. Neil Armstrong practices in vacuum chamber before Apollo 11. Yes. Yes, I do. I do have sources for this. Do, do you want one specifically for the camera? Um, you've, got, camera. you've got footage of Neil Armstrong in a vacuum chamber? Uh, maybe. That would be I, interesting. Do you want me to find that one, too? That sounds fun because that's kind of right there with my argument is that the ast the astronaut spacesuits like themselves don't work in a vacuum chamber, and so I, I'd be yes, very this, interested. This looks like this looks like footage from Neil Armstrong practicing in a vacuum chamber. Yes, I believe so. On screen, let's this do is it. a let's space it. power facility in a vacuum chamber built NASA 1969, and yeah, I think that's it. On screen, let's see it. I do this again. Share screen. Um, I'll share. That's a vacuum chamber. Yes, this is a vacuum chamber. Okay, looking for Neil Armstrong in the vacuum chamber. Well, Neil Armstrong shows up over here. He's this is him putting on the suit. Here's him putting on the suit. That that's Neil Armstrong. <clears throat> that guy okay. right there in the middle. This yeah. Is, this is the suit. So we're kind of waiting for him in the vacuum chamber. There's the vacuum chamber. See, there's the big. That's the big door for the vacuum chamber. Yeah, it's not it going to work. <laughs> He didn't have his helmet on the whole time? Well, if the door's open, then it's not pressurized. And you do know how a vacuum yeah. chamber works, right? You have to, like, close the door first. Yeah, and that's what I'm waiting for. Well, there's the pressure. I can't even see that. There, there, there he is. He's in the vacuum chamber right there, and there's the little camera. Where? 
right there. You see the TV screen? That's a picture of inside the vacuum chamber with Neil Armstrong in the vacuum chamber. There is it? Go close up. Yes. Yes, it is. I, I can't there see it. There it is. There you go. Neil Armstrong in the vacuum chamber. That's showing him on the TV. and That's not a TV. This is a camera looking down from above in the vacuum chamber. That's the vacuum okay. chamber. That's from inside the vacuum chamber. It might be, or it could just be like a screen above the vacuum chamber and a camera looking through it. Huh, I'd like to see him like actually do some moving around a bit. He is moving. What are you talking about? He's holding things. Yeah. How do you even know that that vacuum chamber is pressurized? Well, they showed the pressure. Oh, because they had a meter that shows that you can't even see. Like we, we looked at the thing, but you couldn't see any numbers on it. You can see the numbers on it. What are you talking about? What numbers? I'll just see 60, 55, 54. Or maybe it's because it's going through Zoom. I can see the numbers. So it's 60 in the, the bottom right, uh, zero in the bottom left. It goes in increments of five around the edge. I just see white. Okay, that's probably just because of Zoom or something, but I can see the numbers. It's I'll on 35. It's 35, whatever metric. Um, I think it's PSI. PSI. And how does that compare with the vacuum of space? Like, which uh, one is greater PSI? Greater PSI? Clearly, PSI is in space is like zero or something. Oh, so they're... Like there's no pressure, like comparable. So like, yeah, it takes a yes, lot. Yes, like, this goes to zero. This goes to zero. So yes, you, we did do tests down to close to space. Yes. Okay. So what you're showing me right here is not comparable to space. It's like, yeah, oh, this is this is it getting to the level where they get him into it. So it has to go down, starts at oh. a high number, goes to a low number, and gets to space conditions or close to okay, space. Okay, so we're not seeing him in space conditions. We're just kind of watching him go. No, we are there. seeing him in space conditions. This is the beginning of the video where it's going down. Okay, well, what part of, where do we see the space conditions? When we I saw him be. moving around. Again, again you can replicate this. We can rent a vacuum chamber. You can use a uh, You can suit. walk in? That's sure, Mark Sargent's big game changer right there. He's like, if you want to prove it to me, I want to, I want to be in a vacuum chamber. That's Mark, that's Mark yes, Sargent's Yes, you can. Big... You can rent a vacuum chamber. Yes. That you can walk into with two astronaut suits. And yeah, he's like. Astro astronaut suits are going to be a little more expensive to rent, but they are rentable, I imagine. That would be interesting. Yeah, that, that's uh, Mark Sargent's number one thing right there saying, hey, if you can go in with a vacuum chamber with me, we experience this and I don't die, then that that's all it would take to convince him that the moon landing yeah, it was possible. Cool. So, industrial vacuum systems for sale and rent. Yes. Oh, that's a, a vacuum space suit for rent. I know that SpaceX has them. But yeah, you you can you can rent pretty much all these things. It's easier just to do what I said because you can bounce lasers off the moon. It's cheaper too bounce lasers off the moon and that you don't ever see coming back from the moon and you don't and you still don't claim again, that again you're not understanding how science works you don't need to directly observe something for it to be a thing like indirect observation is a thing just novel predictions that's how they work yes so that's kind of trusting things would you agree no, no. that's faith you don't think that's faith-based no, no. You know, indirect observations is a novel, testable prediction. It's the opposite of faith. Okay, so if uh, Mr. Sensible walks up to me and says, my cat does not eat food, and uh, that's uh, what? like a... It's not an indirect observation. 
That's not an indirect observation. Okay, no, so an indirect, an indirect observation is making a prediction of consequences of some object without seeing the object directly itself. So, like, if I prayed to a magic sky daddy for a gold brick and a gold brick appeared in front of me, that would be an indirect observation of God. Okay. So, uh, indirect is watching a consequence but not seeing where the what caused the consequence. It's making a prediction, a novel testable prediction about a consequence of some expected result if something is true, and if you get that result, it is an indirect observation of the hypothesis. Do you consider that to be proof? Yeah, there's no proof in science. It is evidence. It is extremely you just strong told me evidence. that there was proof in science. No, I, you're kind no, of all there is the no proof here. in science. There is, there is no proof dumb. Science. There is no proof in science. Okay, so that's not a that's a non. That's not a scientific claim. No, it's not a scientific claim. Could be a philosophical okay. claim. You can prove things in philosophy. Okay, that is legit. All right. Well, um, science does not prove things. Evidence is fallible. It gives you a percentage. Science, yeah. And that's where Dr. McLaughlin said we should eliminate words like prove, correct, and true and completely and immediately. No, correct and true are, are fine. Proof is not fine. But it's not, this is not so a controversial keep, like, point. Like this literally does not do that. anything to help your position. Whether you call it proof if we're 99.999% sure or not is irrelevant. Okay. Um, so you just by your own admittance, then we have no proof that we landed on the moon whatsoever. We have sufficient evidence. Evidence, but not proof. Convictable evidence. Convicting evidence is the same sure. thing as proof. No, it's not. How is it different? Because convicting evidence is fallible. You can be wrong. You can convict people and be wrong. Like, I like this is such a stupid flurf argument. Like, proof is 100% certainty. The only things you can prove are math, logic, and the cogito. Those are the only things you can prove. Everything else has a degree of probability. So we could be in the matrix. We could literally all be in a big delusion right now. So we can only be 99.9% .9 certain that this reality exists and we weren't created five minutes ago by leprechaun. Do we have proof that we were not created five minutes ago by leprechauns? No. We cannot prove that with 100% certainty. Do we have evidence? Yes, we have evidence. Do we have sufficient okay. evidence? Yes, we have sufficient evidence. So the stupid flurf argument that we can't prove things in science is like saying, well, we can't prove we're not in the matrix. That's how dumb that argument is. That's that's not Just my argument. The I don't, I don't, I directly We have, we have equal evidence for the moon landing as we do that we were not created by leprechauns five minutes ago. All right. So my statement is that science definitely can prove things. I can prove that my cat eats food. That's a big statement right, right there. So, so if, if so you want to use that definition debate, of proof. Just well, to you're interrupting me. You're interrupting. I, I, I do. I don't want to grant your definition. Talking. Let me finish talking. Well, I want to grant your talking. definition. So like if we're using that talking. definition, then yes. If we're using that definition of proof, if we're using that definition of proof, then yes, we can prove we landed on the moon. Yes. Okay. So what definition of proof? The one you used about whatever criteria you're using to establish that your cat eat, eats food. Okay. So you can't even quote my definition of proof and you're saying that- well, You didn't give a definition. You gave an example. Oh, so you have, you're just strawmanning me then. No, you gave an example. So if you have an example of your cat, you can prove your cat eats food. Whatever criterion you use of proof for an observable empirical fact can be replicated for another observable empirical fact. So if I have a different observable empirical fact, that would also be proof by whatever definition you're using to say that this observable empirical fact X was also proof. Okay. That makes sense? No. How, how does that make sense? So if you say something observable and empirical is proof, and I say, okay, we can observe and empirically prove the moon landing, then by your definition, they're both proofed. Okay, so you're saying that science can prove things, but it can't prove things, and I'm 
Yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying you have a dumb definition of proof because you're ignorant of science. But if I want mine to comes, grant you Mine comes directly from the dictionary. So you're just calling the dictionary dumb here. Well, uh, well, yes, the dictionary isn't a scientific paper, so it uses a different definition of proof. So yes. It's got multiple definitions of proof, but sure. Yeah. So, so I, which one, which one would you like to use? Because if we're going to use the scientific definition, there is no proof. If we want to use the colloquial definition, sure, sure. There's proof. Okay. So you're saying that there is proof that we landed on the moon. If you but, want to use the colloquial definition, sure. Yeah. Okay. And so that's directly. Okay. So I'm. No, that is not a contradiction because when I use proof, I use it in the academic definition. Uh -huh. So you just walked into a debate saying your team is unable to prove anything like whatsoever. And yet you're and the scientific definition, goals? which everyone agrees upon, which you don't need. Okay. So you're just declaring that your team is unable to score any goals and therefore you forfeit. No, no. See, again, I can have evidence and evidence can justify a belief. And so I can have knowledge. We landed on the moon. Do I need proof to have knowledge? No, I do not need proof to have knowledge. Again, this is your so ignorance of no, the definition. There of the is word. no wait, wait, wait. I, I tried. I tried to explain this earlier. Your flurf definition of proof is absolute that's a, certainty. That's another, that is a flurf definition. That's another now, foul, foul. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Shh, shh, shh. So if we want to use your flurf definition of proof. Foul. What? Foul. This, that's not, it's not a foul. This, yes, you, it you, is a foul. You've made up, you've made yeah. up this new flurf definition. That's a foul. And if you want to use this yeah, flurf the, definition. The word flurf is a wait, foul. How, how is the word flurf a foul? It's insulting. Okay. It's, yeah, it's, it's a derogatory. short for flat earther. Like that's, it's, it's just a shorter it, way to say flat in, earther. Flurf. It's, it's a derogatory language. I don't care. You're a yeah, flurf. Yeah. Okay. So That's derogatory the language. Flurf okay. definition foul. of proof. Okay, foul. just to move us, just to move us forward on the topic. Wait, yes, the I actually flurf definition of proof foul. requires I absolute certainty. I have the actual poll results. The next question that people most wanted to hear discussed was why would the US government lie about having landed on the moon? Oh, I can just grant. Of course they would. That's just something we would obviously lie for. The question is, is why would the Soviet Union lie to admit the Americans landed on the moon? That would be, that's a more interesting question. They were working with us. They were not working well, with the us. The International Space Station. And by the time, yeah, that came around. And th there's another thing here with the Soviets. Okay? This was before imagine, the ISS. Just imagine for a second that they did come we out were, and We say, were at the Cold War. There was a Cold War. Do you remember the Cold War? We were not yes, working I together. The Cold War. Okay. okay, so during the Cold War, just imagine for a second that they said, say, oh, you guys are faking it, right? And then what would the U.S. do? They'd just say, oh, well, you guys are just being sore losers. And that's just how they would go. You guys are just being sore losers. And what, yeah. What, I don't understand the gibberish okay. you just said. Like, if why, why, would, the Soviet why would the Soviet Union, if the Soviet Union said, they, they cried, oh, you guys are making up. You, you guys are lying. You, yeah. you guys never went there. If they did that, then the U.S. would just say, oh, you guys are just being sore losers. Grow up. What what is that? Is this supposed to be some kind of a counter argument that, oh, no, the Russians would be so insulted if we said they were just being sore losers. They're going to be like, no, our, our whole regime is going to fall because the Americans said we're sore losers. Oh, no. The so oh, no. So it's just that's it. They don't rather than say we're sore losers, we're just going to not care. We're going to whatever. We don't even care. And that's why. No, exactly what that's happened. dumb. Literally not. It, a they thing never that's cared. Ever happened it in history. was never like front page news or anything like, oh, the Americans, look at that. Them. They went and got to the moon. No, that never happened. They, they, right. never they banned the footage. They banned the footage so people could not watch it because no it was cared. real. No one cared. No, they did care. They specifically banned the footage because they cared so much. 
And then they had decided, oh, well, let's go and work on the International Space Station years later. And yes, yeah. after the Cold the War, Lab. when the Cold War was over. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They do so, science together. Congratulations. Okay, was was President Wait, what, Nixon? I don't care about Nixon. Go back, go back, go back. This so, is Apollo Soviet 11. Union. This is Apollo 11. Apollo 11 was in the Nixon era. Okay, was that during the Cold War? Yes. The, President Nixon was all worried about those commies, and there was no kind of uh, pack saying, "Okay, well, we're going to work together from now on." At that what? time, there was I no, have no idea what you're talking about right now. Like, how, what does this have to do with what we were just talking about? You're asking why the Soviets didn't go out and say it never happened. And right. why there were no Soviet whistleblowers saying you guys are liars. Right. right? Yes. So this happened during the Nixon era. Okay. And what during the Nixon era, there was a lot of kind of working together. They're trying to overcome kind of their differences during that time. And so the Cold actually, War. They, and and they were doing much more of the opposite thing. They were doing more of the opposite thing. What's the opposite thing here? Trying to degrade each other and show each other we're better than one another. They, say they were the trying Nixon to era? one up one another. There was a space race. There was this thing, a space race, where they were competing it's to not, try to get it their It takes first. two people to run a race, and if there's only one person running, it's not much of a race. Right, right. So Soviet Union running, America running, two poo, poo people. Soviets don't like the fact that America went there first. Soviets sent the dog in first. They sent Sputnik first. They were first in space. There was this competition that tried to show that one was better than the other. But America the won. Soviets never Soviets were trying like to go to the moon. At all. The Soviets were never trying to go to the moon. That wasn't the, not a race. the space race is not moon race. Those are two different words. Space, moon, different words. Do you understand different words? They have okay. different numbers well, of letters in them. You're saying that the Americans won the race, right? Yes. Because they landed on the moon. Yes, they did something so impressive that outclassed the other one. Yes, so they won the race. They won the race, and so the Soviets were never trying to, to go to the moon. The Soviets were very upset that the Americans outdid them, which the is Soviet why they banned the footage in their country so other people could not watch as the Americans outclassed them. Yeah, that's not... Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. That's That's a fact. That's why is they it? did it. That's that's literally why it's written. They did it. Yes. Uh -huh. And where who said where, where's your evidence for that? Are you just Soviet making stuff papers up? of Soviet Soviet bands uh, footage of Apollo 11. Is that the United States saying that? Is that more trust no, in NASA? It's the Soviets saying that it's the, Soviets the Soviets saying it. The Soviets over there said that moon landing stuff is banned. And so they're telling you that we are banning this. And so no one's allowed to watch it. And they're just yes. openly telling that to the public. Yes. So, yeah, that's kind of a. It first was time it was punishable one. by death. It's punishable by death. If you guys show the, any kind of moon landing footage, then it's then you're dead. Yes, that's what the Soviets did. They kill people who did anything that was against their, their policy. Yeah. yeah it sounds like you're making stuff up. No. That's, ban. Just Google it. Just Google it. Did the Soviets ban footage of the Apollo missions? Uh, okay. So. Your bur the burden of proof is on you right now. Now you're trying to shift it to me. It's up to me to go and do that. Okay? And if science never proves anything, then you're unable to meet the burden of Google proof. Google searches whatsoever. are not science. Again, you're releasing the colloquial definition. Try, try to get oh, your head sure. around the definition. Oh, sure. You're telling me to Google here. it. And say, wait, 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 wait. Google wait, searches wait. are not science. Yes, Google searches aren't science. Like, how is this hard to understand? Colloquial definition of proof. Google search it. Like, can we prove that the Soviets blocked things from the public just like 
every authoritarian government ever in the history of the world has. Yes. Saying that didn't happen just means you're a moron. Of course they did. Yes. Okay, um, so you, you've, you want me to find you evidence of this? You've to meet sure. the burden of proof. You've, you've, yeah, you are unable to meet the burden of proof. The sky is blue. Do I need to prove that? No, because it's common knowledge. If you're so ignorant of how the Soviet Union works that you don't know this, you're a fool. Yes, I can find evidence of this for you. Give me a minute. I'm working on it. Okay, evidence. Okay, but it's just, yeah, but not proof. Again, your flurf ignorance of the two diff different definitions, I've already covered this. I've already debunked you on this. There's a there's yeah, a colloquial yeah. definition of proof and an academic definition of proof. They're used in different contexts. The fact that the flurfs don't understand this is a flurf problem, not a me problem. Because we, it, it's, the burden of proof is on you and because... What, what does that have to do with anything I just said? You're trying to lay the burden of proof on us and saying it's our problem. No, if it's, it's common it's, knowledge, there is no burden of proof. The burden of proof has already been met. It's common knowledge they did this. This is not, oh, this is not something that's been oh, hidden. Oh, okay. So my textbook yes, says... Like if so I say the sky is true. blue, I don't need to give you scientific photos of it. It's just, if you don't know this, you're just kind of dumb. That's that's the thing. So if you don't, if you yeah. don't know the Soviets did this, you're kind of dumb. Go back to high school. The so <laughs> Yeah, that's... Yeah, just more, more fouls from you, but... Okay. No, it's fact. The last question okay. was... Have any astronauts ever recanted on their testimony that they did land on the moon? That was the Polish astronaut who said, oh, wait, no, that was, I guess we got Buzz Aldrin. He's our number one uh, moon lander that likes to blow the whistle the most. Uh, so are there any, any astronauts that recanted on the moon that recanted? That was the question, right? Yeah. And is the, uh, what was your answer? Buzz Aldrin. B Buzz Aldrin. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Buzz Aldrin. Uh, yeah. I've got a ton of statements from him that, yeah. Personally? Well, that's dumb because he, he does not. You mean, you mean like statements of like, not to you personally, but that he's like interviews or things? Lots of interviews. He's done a lot of interviews saying, yeah, we didn't go to the moon. It never happened. Uh, you you didn't watch me on the moon. You watched an animation. Uh, that was uh, in, with an interview with Conan. Fact check. Buzz Aldrin interview is not evidence that the it was fake. It's not proof. They use proof in this one. So they, it was proof. It's not proof. It was fake. They go through every one of the examples here. It is not What's in evidence? any way. No, it's, it's not. evidence. No, it's not. It's evidence. Nope. Yeah, it's nope. evidence. Buzz Aldrin admits he did go to the moon. It's facts. None of this is in any way corroborative that it was fake. He did not recant. Um, it goes through this pretty clearly in every single statement. Um, you didn't watch me on the moon. You watched an animation. Yeah. That's why those were his words to uh, Conan. Yeah, which is not the correct statement. So again, we look at the data here. It's not evidence that the moon landing was fake. No. Okay, you're no. just, that's a subjective False. verdict. Opinion. False. Objective Astronaut opinion. Balls Aldrin explaining the broadcast used animations during their coverage of the moon landing does not prove that it was faked. Yeah, I said it was evidence. It's not. It's not evidence that it was faked. That's a subjective opinion. No, it's a fact. Yeah, it's we, we, a we subjective can, we can opinion. Prove it was, we can prove there are things up there that we can reflect light off of. Also, yeah, you don't see any light coming back at you. You don't need to directly see things. You can see the out. light going there, and then you don't see any light coming back. And so all you get is a computer screen saying, Again, oh, Flurf's not understanding indirect observation is not evidence. Foul. 
Flurf's not understanding no. indirect evidence is not hey, an objection. Moderator, moderator, do we you have to hold the red card up for me to. <laughs> I, I've, I've done that, but I'm kind of I'm not seeing any moderation here. So. I, it is, as you know, it's it's we usually let it go. Uh, it's kind of like the Wild West here. We let a lot fly. Uh, if yeah. it is too much interrupting, that's in other words, like there's too much speaking over each other. That's where I jump in. But otherwise, you know, people might call you names. And you're welcome to call Tom names or even I, me, I've, but yeah, I'm, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I just kind of wonder how this moderation goes, if there's any penalty or anything like that. Well, think of it this way, because sometimes, I mean, I get people who tell me all the time how to moderate and there's a billion different things that they don't like. But theoretically, if an opponent were calling you names, I don't know if you think that most people in the audience would find that like, wow, like, I really agree. That guy's name calling is persuasive. I think I'm siding with him. Like, I don't know if it really, you know, I don't know if they're really getting away with anything that really helps their case as much as they're just, uh, you know, it's a little blood sporty, you know? Okay. So he just wants to demean me and persuade people through bully tactics and it's totally okay. Are you asking if I'm like morally okay with it or are you asking, you're saying that you're okay with it? Uh, no, I'm just kind of looking at this and kind of, I guess maybe that's a statement to the audience. This guy is using bully tactics, name calling, and yeah, that's his efforts to try and persuade me. Per, or the audience. There's, there's no point in trying to persuade a, persuade a flirt. That's like out of it. My point that's, is destroy you in a debate. Yeah. I've done so that you're trying to persuade the audience through well, using. I don't think any of them are flirts either for the most part. You don't think there's any flurfs? Sorry. Yeah. No, none of the rational ones. No. No. Okay. Well, I think, um, audience, if we've got any flat earthers in here, which doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the moon landing. It, uh, yeah. Although I can actually say that the, um, the proof, the proof that the earth is flat is evidence and proof that the moon landing never happened. The whole vacuum chamber. Okay. Yeah. The, Mark Sargent was just talking about how if you put a vacuum chamber like above your on your, the second floor of your ceiling, right? You got a, a vacuum chamber on the second floor of your ceiling. You open the valve, and all of a sudden, that air comes up up into the vacuum chamber, overcomes the, the power of the it overcomes uh, gravity. Then that just totally debunks space itself. And so, if there is no space, there is no moon landing. <laughs> so, so. You want to go from moon landing to flat Earth? Like it seems like you're shooting yourself in the foot on this one by taking a really dumb claim. And well, you're the one bringing up flat claim. Earther. Yeah, you kept saying, what? "Oh, flat Earthers, flat Earthers. Oh, there's no flat Earthers who watch this." And so, if you're a flat Earther, what? say so in the comments section. And so, yeah, flat Earthers unite. Okay. Well, I was yep. I was making a claim there. Bringing up the flat Earth as evidence is like bringing up magical pixie leprechauns who are up my butt as evidence that there is no God. Oh, doesn't yeah. quite you're work. Just, that way. You're just degrading yourself right now. So, well, that was that was it was a parody. Yes, that was a parody argument. So the point was to show how it was self-deprecating. Yes, that was that was the point. Yeah. So um, the world is not the flat. Vacuum. You can prove the world is not flat in many different it, ways. Um, I don't. Yeah. Well, this, if there is no if there is no space, if there's yeah, if space is an impossibility, and so is <laughs> possibility. Yeah. we've created vacuum chambers clearly it's not an impossibility um okay but so it's literally there we've been there we have satellites there we have, we, we have things that we put into space and they, they fall from space um then, we've sent yeah, rockets then, up it's the whole 
it's a little vacuum of space compared to it's a little vacuum of space compared to the atmosphere. We can't have an atmosphere if we've got a vacuum that's open right up above our head. Yeah, we can because that that vacuum is not pulling things. Gravity is pulling things. Gravity pulls things together out of the vacuum, not the other way around. Yeah, and so if you had a, a vacuum like right above your head and you open the valve and all of a sudden the air rushes into that vacuum, uh, yeah, that kind of defeats the whole. It overcomes. The force of gravity, right? No. You don't think it would overcome the force of gravity. You think No, it, if I put the vacuum think... chamber far enough up and the air pressure outside wasn't enough to push the air into the vacuum, then no, it wouldn't. Because so you notice said... the air pressure as you go up goes down. Air pressure uh -huh. as you go up goes down, right? Yeah. So it continues just to like go a down, peanut butter jar. Just like a what? Peanut, peanut butter, butter jar does not have that problem. No. Uh, okay. You have the, the different layers in the peanut butter jar. You've got the, the density gradient. You have a density gradient in a peanut butter jar. In My a peanut butter system. is the same consistency all the way through. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't. Oh, that's because you don't have the. Um, Got to get the Adams peanut butter that has the oil that comes up to the top. And you have to stir, and so, yeah. When that, whenever that happens, that shows you that you can have the density gradient in a in a contained system. The okay. Same thing happens with there. Okay, but so so if we have a gas, and if we go up, the density of the gas decreases, as we go up. And it's going to continue to decrease the farther we go up until it reaches zero. You have no, that's just you saying so. That's, that's how of, numbers work. So if, if that's a reification at the right bottom, there. it's the most and up, it's a little less and up, it's a little less and up, it's a little less. This is called a pattern. And if you infer from the pattern, a continuation, then you can infer, guess what? It's going to up, approach zero. It's going, to, it's going to continue to go down until it gets near to, that's, to zero. That's a big, uh, assumption that you've made there no it's how numbers work numbers if they go in a pattern going down they're going to get closer to zero they approach approach zero that's how numbers work so when you have uh five four three and all of a sudden uh it says blank blank and you just say they're okay they're probably well, going to continue to approach zero yes probably going to keep going so down i'm seeing the numbers go down but i don't see a blank blank i'm so i'm assuming that those numbers are going to go two one zero okay when you don't see that and you just say two one zero, that's called an assumption. Okay, a reification. No, 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 no. So, so it's like I, I don't, I don't think you quite understand here. So, if suppose we were in a container, if we were in a container, and the numbers were going down as they went up, that means there is some theoretical maximum. That means that if we had a bigger container that kept going up and up and up and up and up, the numbers would still continue to go down as we went up. It wouldn't just continue. It wouldn't spread out equally. Because we see any gradient at all, any separation, that there's more pressure at the bottom, less pressure at the top, that means that the pressure of the system alone has a maximum density of what it can support. And so if we keep going up, even if there's a container there, it will eventually reach zero, necessarily, because there is a gradient. If we know there's a gradient, there is a necessary maximum to the gradient where it will reach zero. Even if there's no, even if we're in a container, it's still going to reach zero if it's a high enough container. This is not hard. Zero. Hmm. You realize yes. that they claim that there's the Earth's atmosphere extends all the way out to the moon, right? Yes. So that's not zero. Okay. Did you were you listening to what I said here? So you're saying if it you zero, go high it, enough, so it will moon. reach zero. Sure. 
I'm kind of wondering exactly how wait, 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 high, wait, high enough Go it back is. to what I actually said. So what I was saying, there's a gradient, right? So if there's a gradient, that means even if we're in a container, there's something pulling stuff down, right? Something is pulling things down. More That's pressure no, at the bottom means something's yeah. pulling things down. Yeah, that we're not, and it, we're not there's less that. at the top, right? And there's a mm -hmm. little less, little less, little less, little less. That means that if you go high enough, if you have a high enough container, it doesn't matter what the distance is, eventually you will reach zero, even in a container. Okay. Which means there's going to be a vacuum, a little bit of gas, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, lots of gas. What examples do you have of any, anyone ever reaching zero in a container? They've, so vacuum chambers get close, which is all we need. But you said, oh, now you're kind of moving the goalposts here. You, no, you said no, specifically no, no, no. zero. Yes, you we've been say, to you space. Said we, and you said we can get zero, right? Uh, no, that's not relevant to the point here. I don't know what you're not understanding here. So, so the point is that we see a gradient. There's going to be a vacuum. Whatever you define a vacuum as, vacuums are not defined as zero pressure. I don't know if you're just ignorant of that or what. You, you're you the one making a big deal. You're the one making the big deal about zero. No, 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 no kiddo, 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 kiddo. You made the claim. You could not have a vacuum chamber. And then atmosphere. That was your claim. That was your dumb floor claim. No vacuum. Now, a vacuum is not zero pressure, right? You, you understand vacuum not you're the zero. One making a, you're the one adjusting your I never your claimed a vacuum is zero, kiddo. Kiddo, kiddo. That was never zero part can of happen in a vacuum. Do you vacuum understand chamber? a vacuum is not zero pressure, right? I understand that we are right, right. so, so if, if we have a container, if we have a container, wait, shush, shush. if we have a container, more pressure on the bottom, less pressure, less pressure, less pressure, vacuum. Then we could keep going to zero. It's, it's for, it'd be further up past the vacuum. There'd be a zero pressure way up at the top somewhere. But that's not doesn't matter to the point here because the point once we reach the vacuum, we've proven you wrong because we have a vacuum. We have gas. They are right next to each other. There is no barrier between them. And the okay. only thing you need to show that that's possible: more pressure on the bottom, less, 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 less vacuum. And then zero. <laughs> okay, so vacuum is a certain level that we have to get to. So we have less, 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 and then there's a certain level. And as soon as you hit the certain level, that's a vacuum. Sure. Um, what is that level? Okay, Google, Google the vacuum of space. Vacuum. See, a vacuum is anything that is less pressure than another pressure. And so, yeah. When you open the door and the wind rushes in, okay, that's due to a vacuum, a difference in pressure. Well, then there's you're just no debunking your own silly argument because then everything what is a vacuum. Argument? You you're right. Everything, everything is a vacuum. You but said, oh, my God. Your flurf argument was you can't have a vacuum without a container. Or you can't have a vacuum and then a system of air without a container. Because you can't have those two things next to it. That was your claim. That's, that's, that was your dumb claim. But if you're claiming that a vacuum is any lesser amount of pressure then kid, there's a vacuum everywhere in the world next to something else with no container. Because anywhere you go up is going to be a vacuum to the thing below it. I agree. I agree. that everything so is, You can't have a vacuum without a container. You can't have a vacuum without a container. So um, when I open the door to my house and wind rushes in or out, that's due to a vacuum. And the house is a container. Okay, so so when I'm on a mountain and I'm standing at the bottom of the mountain, above me is lower pressure. Is that a vacuum? Yeah, yeah, you can say that. Okay, so you can have a vacuum uh -huh. without a container. That there's because there's lower pressure. Okay, congratulations. Okay, Science. 
Okay. So I think we've both had to kind of adjust. And that's the great thing. Wonderful thing about debates is we've both kind of adjusted. You before had a standard of saying, you know, pressure, 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 and all of a sudden vacuum. And that was your thing. And now yes, you've true. agreed with me that uh, that's not the case. That No, that's still, that's still the case. That's still the case. Because when I'm saying vacuum, I mean the vacuum of space. I'm not talking about any lower amount of pressure. I'm talking about the vacuum of space. So you're saying you haven't moved your goalposts and you've got a vacuum of zero at a distance of... No, I never said a vacuum of zero, bro cakes. I never said that. A vacuum? Okay. You did say that. And no, no zero I said that if we have a container that goes high enough, you will eventually get to zero. Vacuums don't start at zero. Vacuum of space, um, what is prayer pressure at the vacuum of space begins at 2.7 time, 2 times 10 to the negative three bar. That's the vacuum of space. That's pretty intense there, and that would sure. Yeah. And we will reach that point if we go high enough, because there is a decreasing amount of pressure the higher we go up. So if we go up high enough, eventually it's going to reach that number, and we're going to be in a vacuum with no barrier between that vacuum. That's a big reification fallacy. Just a, a big how, assumption. How how is that a reification fallacy? It's literally math. What do you think a reification fallacy is? It's when you put when you presuppose a thing and no, and treat it like it's a proven fact. No, it's not a presupposition. Uh, Reification is using an abstract thing and treating it as if it's physical. There's literally nothing what you said. And nothing what I said was abstract. It's physical. I've, so it can't be a reification fallacy because what you said is gibberish. Okay. You're putting assumptions in there and you're treating these assumptions as if they are proven facts. When you the, yourself. No, 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 no. no. So I'm saying anything. if we see a gradient of pressure, like we literally feel it, we see bottom of the mountain more pressure, higher we go, less pressure. Do you think it's going to magically stop decreasing at some point for no reason? That it's going to stop decreasing for no reason. It's going right. to stop decreasing because... If we, if we continue to go up, is the number of the pressure going to stop going down magically? Uh, no, it's not going to stop going down Right, magically. it's not going to stop going down, which means eventually you're going to get to a very small number, like 2.7 times 10 to the negative 3 bar. That number, That's an assumption. If, unless it stops, is going to be reached... Okay, five, four. Okay, if we don't know the last two, okay, and five, okay, five, four, three, and then all of a sudden you don't have the rest of the pattern and you just assume the next numbers will follow in the pattern, uh, that's an assumption. No, 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 no. So again, you would have to assume that it stops magically. It has to stop for some reason. That's what you're assuming. You're assuming it magically stops. The pattern goes away for no reason because magic. I, that's, that's I didn't say it claiming. stops for no reason. I did not say it stops for no reason. That's what I asked you before. So do you think it's going to stop magically? If we continue to go up, is the number going to stop going down? That's the question. We keep going up. Will the number stop going down? Do I think it will reach zero? No, I don't think it will reach zero. So it's going to stop. So it's going to stop. The pressure decrease is going to stop at a particular number and just stay at that number forever. It's going to stop. That's what happens. We don't. We're not seeing uh, an updraft. We're not seeing like the whole world isn't like oh my constantly. God. Oh my god! I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what you don't understand about this. So, so if we see layers of pressure, higher pressure at the bottom, and the more we go up, there's lower pressure, lower pressure, lower pressure, lower pressure. Eventually, what you're claiming is it's not lower pressure. It's the same. So it's so more pressure, to... not lower pressure, not lower pressure. Not lower pressure. The same. If there is, yeah, if it was that way, then everything would be event or continually equalizing. 
but it's not. We literally see it not doing that if we go exactly. up a mountain. Exactly. It's not continually equalizing. That's because it's contained. No. Again, there's no container between the bottom of a mountain and the top of a mountain, but there's still a gradient. There, that's because there's a lot of other things. So it's just like the, the peanut butter. Because jar something's example. pulling it down. Yes. Because something's pulling it down. Yes. You're saying so there's, there's, there's more pressure now? at the bottom than there is at the top. Something must be pulling it down. Yes, that's not that's a non-argument. Right. We, so if something is ground. pulling it down, that means that the higher you go, it seems like it's pulling a little less, right? Because there's less force pulling it down. So the higher you go, the less pulley downy, right? I thought gravity was supposed to get weaker the farther and farther away you go. Ah, so yes, the farther away you go, the less pulley downy. Less pulley downy yes. means weaker. Yes. Okay. So, so if we go further away, there is less pressure, less pulley downy. Less, less force to hold it in. Right. right. And so therefore the, the vacuum would have more it would overpower. No, the vacuum does why, not pull. Vacuum has no pulley power. Vacuum is a nothing. It's a nothing burger. It does no, nothing. It does not pull. It does not push. It does nothing. It's a nothing. Okay. So if you have an object in a vacuum, it's just going to stay there and do nothing. And if you have another object in a vacuum and it touches the first object, they're going to stick together. So if they I both have gravity. open the doors of my house, there should be no movement of air. Of, from no, that has literally nothing to do with anything I said, kiddo. Pay attention. Two objects in space. You put them together, they're going to stick together because they both have gravity. Space being right next to those objects isn't going to pull them apart. Space has no pulley force. There's no pulley force in space There's, to separate the two objects. So if you were to open a vacuum in space, the air should just stay there. There's yes, no... if the air is not being pushed by other forces of air, it will just stay together. It'll just... In a bubble. It's called a gas cloud. A gas cloud. Yes. Okay. And we do this. We do that. We actually have this in vacuum chambers. We have a vacuum chamber. You have a fishbowl. You pour some carbon dioxide into the fishbowl, and it stays together in the fishbowl. Stays together. It doesn't try to separate out not until you pour enough in like if you if you have water in a vacuum and you pour the water in it's going to stay at the bottom of the fishbowl until you pour in enough that it overflows the fishbowl but it will all go to the bottom and stay I, at the I've, bottom i've seen that done with the, the sodium or the hexafluoride stuff uh, the deep voice gas and i've seen that happen with the deep gas stuff so with some gases i can see that i've also seen that done with helium you put helium in a balloon it has a container and it's keeping it together and then the balloon will drop in a vacuum chamber. So I've seen that before too. Okay. But it requires a container. The the hexafluoride stuff that doesn't require a container because it's so heavy. And oh my god. So so okay, let's let's take your balloon example. Let's say there's helium in a balloon. And if we pop the balloon, so so helium in the balloon, we put the balloon and the balloon falls. If we pop the balloon, where would the helium go? Everywhere. Oh my god. So so if it's in a balloon and it falls. If it's outside of the balloon, it's also going to fall, right? It, well, it's, there's the weight of the the balloon itself, and that's kind of part of what's holding it down. And the okay, forget the is, weight of the balloon. Will gases on their own fall? Will gases on their own fall? Yes. I, we just I just barely talked about the hexafluoride stuff and about how so that yes, falls. Yes, it falls, yeah. right? Yeah. And when it falls, it goes to the bottom and it sits there, right? Yeah. And there's a vacuum above it, right? That there's a vacuum, which is just being something of less pressure. Yes, like vacuum yeah. close to the vacuum of space directly above it 
pressure of air pressure of the hexafluoride at the bottom. The hexafluoride doesn't go up. There's a big vacuum here and there's a space between them. I've never seen the hexafluoride thing in a vacuum uh, chamber itself. And so I'm not seeing it with nothing above it. It's just, yeah. Well, you can do it uh, with any gas. Any gas is going to work the exact same way. It's all going to fall to the bottom of the vacuum chamber and it won't go to the top of the vacuum chamber because it has weight, mass. I agree that gas has mass. Yeah. And it will fall in a vacuum chamber. It'll go down. Uh, possibly, uh, depending on the strength of the vacuum chamber and yeah exactly the excitement right we can change like the we can excite the particles inside and when they start moving around it's going to expand right and so you like and they're still going to fall does it like you can you, it doesn't matter how much you expand them they're still going to fall yeah uh depend, well it depends on like if whether they're excited or not right even if they're excited they're still going to fall you don't think it's going to go rise up to the top i don't know you're just kind of talking here and Saying so, like fall. for it to rise up to the top, you'd have to have enough molecules to stack on top of one another to reach the top. They're going to start at the bottom. If you have a single molecule, it will always go down. It will hit the floor. It's the first place it's going to go. If you put a molecule, a very excited molecule, and you drop it, it's going to fall straight to the ground. And then, okay. if you want more molecules to like stack up to the top, they're going to have to go on top of that molecule and on top and on top and on I'm, top because they have to okay. layer on top of one another because they're going to start at the bottom. They're always right, going to go to the bottom. Okay. I'm right now I'm picturing like popcorn in a vacuum chamber. If you were to pop popcorn in a vacuum chamber, it's going to start popping. Right. And, and then go down, rise up. It will go, go down, down. But in this case, gas isn't quite the same as popcorn. And so I, it's exactly the same. You think it's going to all just, so it's going to, if, even if, if you start at the bottom and you heat it up, the molecules are going to go up, they're going to hit the ceiling. And they're going to come down. And they're gonna you don't think you're going to keep bouncing and moving around. They're going to bounce for a while and they're going to get stuck on the bottom. They're not going to permanently bounce. They're going to lose energy and get stuck on the bottom. They're going to well, fall. It depends on, it depends on the... It depends the on nothing. They will necessarily lose energy and get stuck on the bottom every single time, 100% of the time. If So if it's continually getting hotter and hotter, like a pressure cooker or something like that? If yeah, you keep bouncing be... them with more energy, then of course not. But okay. if you just let Perfect. them go, agree. We, we, that's, that's irrelevant. So again, the point here is if you let them go, just... just Pour them out and watch okay. what happens. They will fall in a vacuum chamber to the bottom and there will be a vacuum above them and there will be the gas below them and the gas will not go into the vacuum. It will just sit there. Okay, so the Earth has an atmosphere and the sun ends up heating that atmosphere up and so it's going to excite the particles in the atmosphere and so they're going to act like popcorn and kind of go everywhere and yes. that should definitely cause them to go out into said vacuum of space it does and yes yeah and so all of that's going to go everywhere out there and that's going and the the vacuum that's space is going topic. to overpower this whole uh it's going to overpower the weak force of gravity it does and yes this this happens this is a literal a literal thing the solar radiation does tear off parts of the atmosphere i agree this happens but that's irrelevant to the argument here so we're just trying to get the flurfer to the stage one stage one can you have a vacuum and then gas and the gas does not move into the vacuum yes we're in a vacuum chamber if we pour gas into a vacuum chamber it's going to go to the bottom it's going to stay at the bottom so there's going to be some air pressure at the bottom. There's going to be no air pressure at the top or whatever we want to define a vacuum as. And the vacuum is going to be here and the gas is going to be here and they're going to stay with nothing in between them. Does that you're make sense? Um, you're saying so and I'm, I can, I'm hearing you say it. 
but I'm not really convinced that it's going to be that case. You think the, the, the air is going to magically move to the top for no reason? No, I think there's a lot of uh, excitement in that, and unless it's completely frozen and there's they no They don't excite themselves. If, if particles are just laying on top of one another, they don't excite themselves. It's not like water heats up because it's laying on top of other water. And so are we, there's still energy going in there, right? And I don't see what's going to stop, cause all of those particles, the gas particles, to suddenly stop and fall. They're, they gravity. They have mass. Like like you you've seen the hexafluoride thing where they pour hexafluoride like in an open container just falls right. Does it yeah, does it start that, going up for any reason? Like, there's, no, there's it just still stays atmosphere there. it stays above the it. There's still atmosphere above it, right. and so it's going to be like the balloon. And so the balloon expands when you do that. And so I don't know if you're trying to be Simon Dan there and say, oh, okay, I, I hit my head with my hand against my forehead. That means you're wrong. It doesn't quite work that way. I hit my head against my forehead because you're like saying here is the obvious thing of hexafluoride, but it's not going up because magic. It's not because of magic. Okay, the example of the hexafluoride is, is there's uh, more pressure it's above it. Right? There, it's got like, air above it. Air is heavier, right. and so that's holding it down. So you got air. Air, air is heavier. What? It's not heavier. Sorry, the hexafluoride Lighter. is heavier than the air. Okay, right. The, the hexafluoride is heavier than the air, right. and so you have the and so it's like not nothing above it okay it's yeah you've got one thing on top of the other but if you take that other thing out all of a sudden that hexafluoride is going to start to expand just like the balloon until it fills up the whole vacuum chamber right so if it continues to expand eventually it's going to read a maximum expansion where it can't expand anymore right what is maximum expansion um, the farthest away the electrons can be from the protons and neutrons before they leave the the particle okay so like so you can't expand saying, infinitely. Okay, so you're saying... That's the maximum expansion rate. Okay, so it can't expand infinitely, and so it's not going to be a gas anymore at that point? It's just well, going to dissipate It's still a gas, nothing? so like it can, the, the, the weak electromagnetic force holds the electrons to the protons. It will still be a gas, but it has a maximum okay. size of expansion. So it gets to a maximum size, and then after that, it just starts to dissipate away into... No, no, no. It'll nothing. just stay at the maximum size, and it will fall like water does to the bottom of the room. Okay. And so there's going to be a vacuum of no pressure above it. There's going to be the particle, which is very, very big because it's expanded, and it's going to be laying with the other particles at the bottom of the room with a vacuum above it. A vacuum of zero? A vacuum of whatever vacuum of space number you want to use. Okay. So it's not zero anymore. It can be zero. I don't care. Okay. Even if it was zero, the particles would still fall and be at the bottom of the room. Okay. Any last thoughts before we go into the Q&A? Potato. Uh, okay. <laughs> Excellent. We're going to jump into the Q&A. want to say, folks, thanks so much for your questions. I'm going to read through these as fast as possible. We've got a lot of questions, but also want to say, folks, as I mentioned earlier in the debate, we have a TikTok modern day debate. Once we get to a thousand followers on TikTok, we'll be able to live stream these debates just like this one so that everybody on TikTok can see these debates just like this one. So I want to encourage you. Um, that link is at the top of the description box. And just to clarify, I don't think you can live stream. I think you need to get a stream key from TikTok to do that, and you don't get one a thousand so to live stream on tiktok you'd have to just hold your phone up and do it that way it's not going to give you a stream key automatically 
I'll show you the link that I for the article that I found later because there's actually a different way. But with that, we're going to jump into it. Thanks so much. Appreciate your question coming in from Anton Gomez. Says T-Jump, how come the old footage of the landing is missing all the stars? Is that not suspicious? Um, not necessarily. Like it just be like... I can't see stars if there's other lights around me. And so if there's a bunch of other lights sending information, you wouldn't be able to see the stars. That would, it's not too hard to understand. Oh, should be able to see them with Artemis then. This one from Anton Gomez says T jump astronauts are seen on the sunlight on the moon. Must have been a nice boil in their own juices in those suits. Mic drop. Uh, No. saying it wasn't a nice boil like light bends so it doesn't it's not like they have to be directly exposed to the sunlight for the sunlight to actually hit them so the the light bending in nothing is going to prevent them from boiling in their spacesuits so light bending can illuminate things that are not directly in vision of the sun and so it's outside of the radiation because photons are not all radiation and so they wouldn't boil even so if they space were space being... is bending the light to prevent them from overheating yes that's literally what's no no they're not directly in the sunlight so like you can look at the sun with your hand in front of it and the light you can see it without burning your eyes because not all of the light from the sun is hitting you so if you're not directly in the sunlight it's not going to boil you if there's some light hitting you it, so... you get you get warmer you won't boil it's not like all photons of the sun will boil you if any photon hits you. No. This one coming in from, do appreciate your question. Malavia says, Kyle, being called ignorant of something is not an ad hominem. You need to learn your fallacies and quit the, so quit an the antics. It's an insult. This one coming no. in from, do appreciate it. Ozzie and Talk says, Kyle, you showed a video of NASA testing equipment for going to space and the problems they had with it, which proves NASA took space seriously. Okay. This one coming in from Nick says for both, why do you think the astronauts who have landed on the moon have different stories about seeing or not seeing stars? Um, different levels of you know, the problems the same way like we can sometimes see stars and sometimes not see stars depending on where and what time you look so i don't see that i don't see the problem here not sure juicy kyle any thoughts you don't want to jump okay this one. i think the stars right there it's like oh yeah we saw stars and oh no we didn't see stars that's kind of when we wanted to debunk the moon landing the number one thing we do is we look for contradictions. And so every contradiction is evidence that the moon landing never happened. So, yeah. That's like saying a murder didn't happen because there's some erroneous contradictions in the story of two eyewitnesses. It's no. There's evidence. So No. Like literally an eyewitness testimony, you know they all give moderately different accounts all the time. It's just a fact of eyewitness testimony for everything. That's not evidence that the central event didn't happen. Like it's evidence that someone is lying. They no, both can't be true. No, if someone not. says that this no, person has not. bullet holes in them and the other person says, no, they had their, their throat slit that, yeah, both can't like, no, please just do some basic research on eyewitness testimony. Like when people, 10 people see the, the same event, they all give different accounts of the event every yes, single time. 
that's not evidence they're lying. It's just evidence that that's how the brain works. Not not evidence of lying. It's yeah. There's one person seeing a clown in the room, and the other person said there's no clown in the room whatsoever. This that's, one, again, this, that's this not one. the same as saying they saw stars. That's that's erroneous. It's, it's like a medium thing. The color of the car doesn't make a difference. Yeah, this is kind of like a really big, obvious thing. You know, you, no, <laughs> the astronauts not. on the moon, all they have to do is look up and, oh, look, stars. And one person. Yes, oh, yeah, sometimes you would see them. Sometimes no, you wouldn't. See any like, stars. This reminds sometimes me. Sometimes you would see them. Sometimes you wouldn't, obviously. This reminds me of a juicy, very similar type of argument in a different context regarding the eyewitness testimony and whether or not the core of their scenario or their uh, testimony is true. This is interesting. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Tom, you have to. I think so. Like, there's a number of studies done on eyewitness testimonies of like seeing a car crash and what color it was and what things were going around it, and they all got it wrong, but they got the core thing correct about the car crash. So like the central facts can be correct even if all of the medial facts are not correct. So I'm talking that you're right. That's true. There there's good research like that. But there's a specific debate topic I'm thinking of. Nobody nobody else nobody else is thinking of it. The Jesus resurrection? Yeah. This one coming in from Ozzy and Tox says, Kyle, please apologize for lying about Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> I didn't lie. Okay, you're gonna have to deal with it. Juicy. Yeah, Buzz Aldrin never recanted that he was on the moon. That's never a thing he said. I've got lots of footage of it. Never said that. Um, he did say the footage. thing about the animations, but that's because during the 1960s, there was no camera footage of them on the moon. And so those, those were animations, but that's not evidence it was fake. Yeah, no. I'm glad that we agreed that, yeah, they they faked it. So No. Well, they faked the animations that were broadcast at that time period. That's true. This one coming yeah. in from, do appreciate your question. Nick says for T-Jump, what do you make of the Apollo 17 lunar module liftoff video? What do you see when you watch that video? Magic, pick <laughs> magic pixie dust. <laughs> I, I have no idea. It's it's the, the, okay, lunar liftoff. Okay, you got the module, it's going up, and all of a sudden you can see all these like weird colorful sparks, magic pixie dust going everywhere as they rise up and then the, the camera just zoom pans up there like perfectly like you haven't seen that no okay uh, maybe i just, have i don't know i don't see the problem no, there. that's pretty classic uh, funny thing happened on the way to the moon <laughs> american moon those are some great documentaries on the matter juicy this one coming in from do appreciate it Fact-Based Living says, We are indirectly observing you in this stream, Kyle. Do you not exist in a jar of water? All molecules are the same density. Why is there a gradient? Okay, that was a lot. So why is there a gradient in a jar of water? They said, I, let's see, they said, there are two questions. So they said, one, we are indirectly observing you in this stream, Kyle. Do you not exist, therefore? Okay, so that's multiple questions here. So I definitely do exist, they even though you jar, are indirectly. Say, they say in a jar of water, all molecules are the okay, same. Okay, I don't density. exist in a jar of water. That was a separate question. He's asking, so he's going back to the density question, like if there's a jar of water, each of the molecules has the same expansion rate. We were talking about how molecules yeah. can expand, but they're all there's a different gradient, even though they're all expanded at the same amount. Yeah, that's because the ones in the bottom have to bear the weight of the ones on top. Yes, you just like it. how gas would in a vacuum chamber. This one coming in from, just to be sure, okay, we got that one in a jar full of, we got that one, okay. And then 
Cyberhex says, Kyle, your conspiracy claims that roll off your tongue so easily may seem harmless to you, but you delegitimize the hard work like my grandfather who worked for NASA on the Apollo M's. Shame on you, sir. How do you like them apples, Kyle? I say uh, abolish NASA. We got to get rid of it. It's unconstitutional. It's a whole other different argument. But yeah, yeah. Do away with them. How is NASA so, unconstitutional? How is okay? You want to get into that debate? <laughs> so it has nothing to do with the role of government whatsoever. The entire organization itself is outside of the Constitution. The government is not allowed to spend money however they want to. And so when they do things that has no authority, no constitutional authority, it is unconstitutional. This no, one coming not, in doesn't make any sense. Let's government government spend money on things that aren't in the Constitution. Government spend money on things that aren't in the Constitution all the time. It's wrong. It's not against the Constitution. This one. Government, yeah, too much. Nominal says, T-Jump, I am a fellow tube earther. Earth has no walls, but no top. Or it has walls, but no top. Tube earther, that is correct. So, like, we could have a tube earth, and there was an open thing at the top, and you'd still have an atmosphere gradient, and so it would still work. You got it. Best in show says, don't worry, Kyle. You have to take it all in jest. You know, you just kind of let it roll off your back. They say, James, I want to give this super chat to Kyle for tuition to go back to fourth grade. (laughs) You can never let them know it gets to you. Never let them see you sweat, Kyle. You're doing all right. All right. This one from Vinny says, Kyle, Buzz would probably hit you. He's attacked people. For denying, they they said he's attacked people for denying the moon landing before. T jump when that chair breaks, will you hold a funeral for it? Uh, It's logically impossible for it to break. It predates the origin of the universe. It's unbreakable. It's made of unobtainium. The clamshell chair is that the one that you've always used for like? Is you've had have you had the same one since you started? Coming on Modern Day Debate four years ago? I think so. I have This is my second one of these chairs. My first one was brown, and it was uh, leather. This one is suede. The leather one gets too cold in winter, so I, I use this one. got this one. Very probably, nice. probably the same one. But, Kyle, they, as I said, Buzz Aldrin may hit you the next time he sees you. What if he punches you in the face? What are your thoughts? He can shoot me in the face and I'll take it as a badge of honor. Take up your cross and follow me. That's, you know, you stand for truth and yeah, and come what may. Thank you for that. Shane the Pain says, showing aloha to T-Jump from Hawaii. Love all your debates. Thank you. I actually recently posted a picture of Minnesota life and there's like a foot of snow everywhere, except in like the sidewalks and the streets. So jealous of the Hawaii life. If you happen to know a millionaire who can buy me a house down there, please hook me up. You guys are tough living up there in Minnesota. This one, fact based living says Kevlar is flexible. Kevlar with epoxy is in helmets and bulletproof vests. The <laughs> epoxy is only there to make it rigid. Yeah, I've, I've had I've had a Kevlar helmet before, and those are pretty rigid because of because of the epoxy. This one, <laughs> Wage Robot says, ask Kyle Adams what he thinks of space agencies other than NASA. Have other countries' space agencies gone to the moon? 
they are in it together. And if you haven't seen the the Chinese footage of the moon and just how fake it is, it's worth seeing. <laughs> Juicy. This one from Nominal says, T-Jump, are you saying we are living in a tube? We got that one pretty much. Professor yes, Phil Bell says, Kyle, will you debate me on whether or not space exists? Whether or not space exists. I'm taking, I'm, I'm all game for debates. I love them. So they're a lot of fun. And, but space exists is kind of a really broad topic because you'll have to define the word space there because I am in, I am in a space right now. And so, yeah, I'm not going to argue with saying, you know, I don't, I'm not in space right now. Kind of vacuum of space. He means the vacuum of space. The vacuum okay. of space. Vacuum of space is another, there's a whole other argument. And yeah, I could take that argument. Juicy to say the least. And want to say this next one coming in from, let's see, Dr. Phil's forehead. I don't know if it's the same Dr. Phil. I think they mean Dr. Phil, like Dr. Phil. This one, you know, the TV show says, can modern day debate please come to Denver? We uh, maybe we are thinking about doing quarterly conferences. That's a possibility. Pat in the chat says, Kyle, the USSR and the U.S. were in a space race to the moon. If the U.S. faked the moon landing, then why didn't the rival superpowers say anything? I mean, they said nothing. I think he answered this before he said, because, oh, but America would just say that, well, they're just unhappy that they're losing and that, that no, they're be being sore defeaters. losers. Yeah, that's, oh, the, that's America's going to call Russia sore losers. And the Russians are just so terrified of that happening. They're just not going to lie. Let's just ignore it instead and nope. not make a big deal about it. And it's just like, whatever, they, they can tell whatever lies they want. And we're not even going to bother even listening to their lies. Juicy Until change of resume or t- change of uh Regime, uh, regime, uh, the regime. That's for it. Thank you. Uh, change of that, and then all of a sudden, no. Now we're going to go work together with you, and we want to go to space with you. So, oh, so much for the whole Cold War thing, right? This one from Nick says, "For Kyle, what do you think the moon is? Would a werewolf prove anything about the moon for you?" I don't know what the moon is. That's just as simple as it gets. Juicy. What's this werewolf business? Would a werewolf prove anything about the moon for you? Like if a werewolf told you it exists? I don't understand. No. Well, werewolves don't come out during the full moon. It's like it's a werewolf joke. I see. Thank you. <laughs> this <laughs> If a werewolf told you. Okay. This one coming in from, do appreciate it. Actually, that's it. I think it for the for the actual questions that I have listed here. So, folks, let me just do a one last scan. Otherwise, I want to remind you. Oh, okay. Nick says, I had a moon question for Kyle. Yep. Just got that one in. Thanks for your patience on that, Nick. I was a little bit slow on that. Looking for any other in the chat. We have Kyle for president. Thanks for that. Okay. <laughs> Iron Jared. <laughs> I, Defend the Constitution. Else, someone else also said Kyle is a 3D chat bot. But <laughs> that's uh, Iron Jared here says, ask Kyle, when is your fast food chain of restaurants grand opening? McAdams. <laughs> It's, it's 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 the outfit he's talking about the outfit it looks that like one, oh, I, I, red, I, red and yellow i put that <laughs> one together on my own but i i do have to say you have a quite the getup. this one oh, thank let's you see. i think that is it but i want to remind you folks our guests are linked in the description 
If you're listening via YouTube or the podcast, all of our debates are put up on the Modern Day Debate podcast, which you can find on Apple Podcast. You can find it on Spotify. Every podcast app out there has Modern Day Debate. So, folks, if you love listening to these, if you are tired of that intro music, and you're like, I don't want that, the podcast has the intro music taken out. It also... Has the uh, you know I mean that's I mean that's pretty the biggest difference. It has no ads though. That's another big difference. So if you're like, oh, YouTube ads drive me crazy, the podcast doesn't have any ads. So I want to encourage you to check it out if you haven't. And if you're listening via podcast, as you do have a lot of people that actually do use it, you can find Tom's and Kyle's link in the description box below. So we want to say thank you to them. Let me do one last question or uh, check for questions. This one from Andy Babb says, please explain what the moon is specifically i don't know what the moon is it's a light in the sky (laughs) so exactly what it's made out of i don't know gotcha and that looks like it's it but i want to say thank you so much we appreciate it folks thanks for watching i will be back in just a moment for a post-credit scene so i want to say a huge thank you to our guests though they make this channel possible they are what make modern day debate fun so we appreciate both tom and kyle their links are down below and i'll be back in just a moment so stick around for that post-credit scene thanks one last time tom and kyle sick of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.